Today, we follow Ben on a spicy leap out of the frying pan and into the family drama. So once again, we're very sorry for the delay. Uh, work schedules are changing between several of us and illnesses are making the rounds and we're hopefully back on track now. Um, but today's show is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be a little longer, uh, going to be a little longer. Uh, we've decided to double up on the last two episodes in one. And shout out to Al's Place again. You rock. We love you. Uh, so the leap date, I don't think we have a specific date. It's just 2009. The location is Portland, Oregon. Uh, the leapy is Kamini Prasad. And the synopsis, uh, again from Al's Place, when Ben leaps into an Indian family to try to prevent their beloved family restaurant from burning down, he finds an emotional connection to their matriarch through memories of his own. Magic and Jen share a surprising revelation with Ian. Uh, I think this episode was a good way to kind of lower the t intensity from the preceding episode uh, surrounding uh, you know the struggles of a trans person. This this episode was uh, more lighthearted. Not that the issues weren't weren't serious, but it was more more fun and less um, real world weight on it which I think was a nice way to balance it yeah. it was a good way to not dismiss anything happening in the last episode by trying to do something lighthearted, which might dismiss the tone of the last episode uh, but instead just let the last episode be heavy be what it is and then uh, ease people into you know more lightheartedness in a different episode so I think that was a good choice to um, to follow up the uh, the tense episode with this with this one, um, which which I liked. Uh, I oh, I was ahead, gonna sorry. say, and I liked the introduction scene where he immediately knows what he's doing. He's just like awesome. He just living out a dream, kind of. Yeah, I I thought that was really funny, and then. He's eating the food, and the mom's stop, like, "Stop! Stop!" Apparently, this is a natural thing for the daughter to be eating. So he the food. left into the correct person. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. honestly, I would be eating the food too. Also, he couldn't have left into the sister because the sister had to um, be the one that had the new ideas and the new menu items, and the ideas were genuine from them, not not um, yeah, not an insert from Ben coming up with new menu ideas. So. Yeah. Makes sense in two ways. He wants to sample the food just like uh, Kamini, and then he's not the one. He's not kind of um, I don't know the word for it, but taking away their originality. I, I also yeah. feel like he was given the role of the peacemaker, like he is often referred to back at yeah. home in their remember, in their little family. That when they brought it up. Yeah. Yeah, that it seems like um, Kamini is that role in her family. Like, just has a similar personality to Ben already. Try to mediate. In that sense. Um, yeah, and that was also hinted, of course, in the fact that Ben um, has similar revelations to his own relationship to his mother um, that this this character has to her mother. Like, he was definitely dealing with his own mom issues um in a way that lined up pretty solidly it was like he got to live yeah or um redo 
some of his trauma and fix it, even though it wasn't directed towards his mom, emotionally it, it served the same purpose. Well, he had to make peace with himself. Yeah. He had to find yeah. closure for himself. Like a lot of the time, just like in therapy, when you work out an issue that you have with somebody, particularly a parent, um, it's not always about mending a relationship so much as it is figuring out what you yourself need to hear and need to figure out and need to make peace with. And that was clearly the case for, yeah. for Ben here. Yeah. And well, we know from a few episodes prior that his last interaction with his mother was, was no. not a pleasant one. So, I mean, yeah. he's obviously been carrying that for a long time. Also not to jump ahead too far or leap ahead too far, but um, I will say that I noticed, I, I think it's interesting how in this episode, it's Ben coming to terms with an issue he has with his mom. And then in the next episode, we have Addison and her dad. Um, A lot so of that family was, that was well thought out. strings um, being tugged at in these episodes. Yeah. And it's also con interesting considering that originally Addison was supposed to be the mm -hmm. one leaping. So when you consider, like, how different would these leaps have been had they just gone through their original plan, um, I guess we're, that's one of the things we're well, wondering. Well, I think though, right? these like, leaps were, were if, probably planned by, by Ben and Janice, so I don't know if it's yeah, exactly. legitimate but, to think that Addison would have leapt in and spoken to her father. But were these leaps pinpointed? I think we're still not sure. Like they're definitely well, hinting that was, they were, magic is yeah. But I just indicating he believes they are by someone. Yeah, um, but what I'm wondering is how many of these specific leaps would have still been the leaps had the original plan been yeah. acted out, and it had just been Addison on the regular trajectory they were already planning. Well, so in the because in the original, like you couldn't pinpoint leap; it was very random. So again. That's, I think that's where the confusion kind of comes in is it seems like Ben has a specific Yeah, path. but we still don't know how specific. Would, would, right, but would have would Addison have had a path or would have she been... I cannot yeah. talk tonight. Or would it have been completely random? Uh, or we'll would she have... I'm, yeah, like more I'm like Sam's leaps. personally subscribing to the fact that this has to do with the code that Ben uploaded, whether that code was from yeah. Ian or... Um, future Ben who gave it to Ian to give to Ben. <laughs> um, either way, I think it comes from that moment, not the Quantum Leap project that they all worked on together. That's what I'm I'm personally thinking right now. That And that makes so I think a lot of sense. Had it gone forward as planned, it probably would have been random, just like Sam's. That's just my personal belief. I don't, I don't think the show has given us enough to make it a theory that we should build anything on. It's just what my feelings are about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because there really isn't a lot of information on what would have happened had Addison been the one to leap. And obviously, they weren't ready to leap, so she wouldn't have even mm -hmm. left at the time. It, it would yeah. have been how many months, yeah, years down know. the road. Yeah. So... I also really liked how we got a little bit more insight into Ian's personal life um, mm -hmm. in this episode, too, because 
they clearly are dealing with a conflict in terms of figuring out that they mm-hmm. have a bigger role to play in in the plot and they clearly don't know yet like why yeah um why that happens and then they question themselves but then it it turns out to be like a hey trust yourself yeah. you know you're a good I person for- i forget you did they me. mention in the episode when they looked at the drawings that they looked older okay yeah they did that's why yes i wasn't sure if i was um yeah. inserting that into my memory or not though but yeah, I mean that's what I said too. No, I believe they, when we first talked about it in uh, episode twelve yeah. podcast, um, that I yeah. said I thought they looked older. Um, yeah, it, I I think that whole series, like you said, it it's just the type of person Ian is. They're mm-hmm. not gonna. It's a struggle. Like, did I do this yeah. to hurt someone? Is but that... notice Ian's the only one who thinks yeah. that because Madison, Madis- uh, Madison. <laughs> magic, <laughs> magic, Addison, and Jack. <laughs> they all automatically knew that. In fact, you know, Magic was so quick to just be like, "Hey, dude, take the day off, man." Yeah, yeah. Take the day off, um, because I trust that you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, I think this is a you issue. You know what? That... Like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Basically, I you're done. Yeah, just just telling them that he had faith in them, and um, that there there was no question. And the only person who who was doubting Ian I was think, Ian. Um, it shows. I think it is showing us almost that quality that I'm always talking about that Sam has, that Ben has. Ian has it too. So not only are we seeing the team and Ian come to terms with the fact that they are probably leaping for legitimate reasons. For all we know, at that time in the future, Ian's just the leaper. Like, like we don't exactly. know anything weird has happened in the future other than Ian is the leaper and they had this opportunity to do this or whatever. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we are shown um, indirectly through his through their struggle and um, connecting back up with I don't remember their name Rachel Rachel I th- I think you talking yeah. about uh, Ian's ex partner yes yeah I think um, it was Rachel but yes. reconnecting with them that uh, Ian is is exhibiting that that quality that we have talked about so many times on this show that make Ben and Sam the perfect leaper and Addison not really from the show narrative standpoint from like the viewer standpoint yeah from like the project standpoint addison made sense they didn't really have a quantifiable personality the way that like sam and ben have that wasn't in the data to the viewers it is so it's we've been shown that ian has that and that's i think more important than i think i first really thought when i was just like oh that's cool they're showing this but i think they're doing it on purpose well, I think we're going to see a little bit of those traits in all of the main squad. I think that's what we're perhaps leading up to is we're going to have seen that trait in all of them, which is why it's this show is much more of an ensemble situation than the original one was. Yeah. And um, going back to just um, Ian and their struggle, to me, it also felt like 
we are always our own worst enemy. Yeah. We are the quickest to think the worst of ourselves when, even though when we know deep down it's not the Unless truth. Unless there's something wrong with you, and then it's, you don't think those things about yourself. It, but. Well, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if at the end of the day you have to pause and think, am I a shitty person? You're probably not one. Yeah. Like, a genuinely shitty person doesn't think that they are. They I think, think they're it's awesome. probably Solid safe to say gun. this at this point in the podcast, uh, because I don't think... The people, okay, I'll just say it. People like Trump think that they can't do anything wrong. <laughs> but I don't think people who like Trump are going to be listening to this podcast anymore based on episode 12 because they're not watching Quantum Leap anymore. Yeah. So, <laughs> no. so I think I'm safe to just say that. I, I doubt that those people, I doubt that those people watched past the yeah, first episode. Like, yeah, Ian would yeah. have been a big enough problem like, for them. They, so... In fact, I've seen it, and uh, Mason Alexander Park has been great at yep. shutting those people down on Twitter. <laughs> you know, and it it it's it sucks. They shouldn't no. even have to deal with that. But the way they deal with it, it just they're very graceful. It gives me life, as they sassy. say. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, they're just very good at. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say professional, but um, not giving credence. The way it's brushed yeah. off and they demean the person in such a cool, non-direct way usually is what is biasing. Yeah. So anyway, I think I'm safe saying those things now because I, I don't think we're going to be offending potential listeners at this point. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if we do, maybe you should take a step back and ask yeah. yourself. <laughs> okay. I know we're already derailing. What am I doing? Um, <laughs> but if you... Uh, haven't looked at uh, the former governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger's YouTube. He uploaded a great message about exactly what we're talking about. Uh, I don't remember if it was this morning I watched it or yesterday, um, but it's all about letting go of hate. So uh, it's like, yeah, I think uh, to paraphrase the he said something about like no successful movement was ever founded yep. in hate. Something along so, those lines. It's just exactly on point like what that, we were yeah. just talking about and what you said, Christina. Um, Governor Schwarzenegger. Yeah. But uh, point being, though, circling back, the the fact that Ian actually pauses to, to go, oh, I have to figure out if I'm a good person. Like, bad people don't do that. Yeah. Bad people don't care. Well, okay, to be fair. <laughs> they, they just automatically think they're in the right. They don't stop and go, Is yes, this, am absolutely. I a bad person? But when I talk about that quality, I'm not saying it's just being a good person, right? It's not that Yeah. Um, I think Addison's a bad person. She's absolutely not, um, especially that right. she's you know an ally and accomplice to, to Ian, how much she loves Ben, um, how important um, magic is to her. All these things just show how much of a good person she is. But to me, she doesn't have, or at least we have not been shown that she has that that special quality that both Sam and Ben have to not necessarily yeah, good boy. and to not necessarily use logic but to use emotion but and to just, just know. know what the correct thing yeah. is. Yeah. Well, because both yeah. Ben and Sam, I, they're super mm -hmm. geniuses, right? They live in a world where it's based on numbers and facts and all this stuff, but when it comes down to it, they both of them have 
shown that they'll go with their gut and what they're feeling over what Ziggy says is absolute hands down fact. I Addison is more military. She's going to look a lot at those of that numbers. is following orders. Yeah, yeah she's going to take yeah. And there's nothing wrong with looking at the numbers. But and that's why they make a good team. That's what makes her yeah. the better hologram. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Bruce Willis was in the movie Red with Governor Schwarzenegger. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? Arnold was in that movie? Uh, he was Arnold not was a main Red? character. Or am I wrong? Um, wait, I'm going to look that up. I don't remember him being in that movie. Uh, 2010, right? I think so. You're thinking of um, the last thing I remember Arnold being in, other than uh, Terminator, was that the. Uh, I keep wanting to say the Despicables, but it's not Expendables. the Despicables. Expendables. <laughs> he was in yeah. something called Red Heat. Maybe I'm wrong. I didn't. I didn't look this up. I just tried to connect it on the fly while we were recording. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, uh, your yeah, fly apparently. is down on our show now. <laughs> Bruce Willis officially oh, no. hates us. Oh. Yep, we we might have had him. <laughs> I made him so up. upset that I I thought he acted with uh, Arnold in a movie that he just didn't do. <laughs> You're no longer invited to the bakery. <laughs> we can't go to Pie Hard anymore. Oh our no. Has been <laughs> uh, we were watching. Thanks a lot, Andrew. <laughs> I don't remember who it is. What were we watching where they talked about the Tom Cruise cake, Sydney? Oh, uh, we were watching oh, yeah, it was Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Tom on. Hanks went on oh, the yeah, YouTube yeah. channel, yeah. Um, Good Mythical Kitchen, which is a, a sub-channel of Good Mythical Morning, Mythical. where they do favorite last meals, um, or, or potential last meals. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah. Before I die. obviously interview them after that. But... <laughs> Um, where he, uh, the the host, uh, Josh, I don't know his last name, Josh Mythical Kitchen, gets famous people to um, tell the show what their like ideal last meal would be, and then the show uh, gets it, prepares it, or purchases it, and uh, has the in, has them in, and they interview them while they eat their last meal, their ideal last meal, and they had Tom Hanks on, and they specifically got the Tom Cruise cake for that show. And Tom Hanks brought it up, and this was like yeah, he a was week talking about the after we game. recorded that episode. And I was like, "That's <laughs> that's awesome." Okay, I had never even heard about it um, until Raymond Lee mentioned it because he was in Top Gun mm-hmm. with Tom Cruise. So I was watching an interview with him, and he was talking about. It. I'm like, I've never heard of this Tom Cruise cake, and now I swear to God, it's popping yeah. up everywhere. I just think like. I know that effect can be amplified by Facebook and Amazon listening to your things, and so you'll see it. But this was a brand new interview yeah. that Tom Hanks spoke about. <laughs> so that was pure coincidence, not AI algorithm forcing something down our throat. So that's that, that's what was cool about it. That's crazy. And it, it does look I mean, like it does. a good cake. I gotta, it, I gotta admit, it does look pretty good. It and costs um, a lot. I think I sent you the yeah. clip when you said it, Christina, right? Oh, yeah, because I watched the whole episode, it, yeah. He actually talks about it in much greater detail and about how desirable the cake is and how whole the whole family 
um, the whole family loves the cake and about how as they get towards the last slice, they just keep cutting thinner and thinner in slices so they so they never finish it. <laughs> okay, so Tom Cruise, I know we've talked a lot of shit about you, but if you want to send us a cake... Give us your cake. Give us your cake. We're done. This, is this extortion? <laughs> we'll give you good PR. I mean, honestly, I love all his movies, so it's not a hard thing to do. I do. Uh, yeah, I do enjoy my his movies. My favorite Tom Cruise movie is... We're so oh, I know. off the rails right now, but my favorite my favorite Tom Cruise movie is actually from pre-Teeth Job. Really? Maybe teen, teenager Tom Cruise, a movie called Legend. <gasps> I love Legend! Yeah. It's, it's really one good. of my favorites. Yeah. No, but it's not Tom Cruise I'm watching it for, if I'm being honest. It's Tim Curry. Want, it's yeah, big yeah. red Tim Curry. Well, actually, yesterday, horns. my Tai Chi instructor threw a Tom Cruise quote at me. My mind immediately went to Top Gun because it was kind of a similar line. And he's, I said, he said that in the 80s. It's not relevant anymore. Oh. And he goes, he said it in 2005 in like, whatever, this movie. And I'm all, oh, I'm thinking <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> Honestly, not the new one. Yeah, two thousand five is almost twenty years ago too. Now, so <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> how dare you say those true words? Stop it! <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's very—it's a very similar concept. Like, if you think you're dead, but it was two different movies. Mm. That's <laughs> so Indian food. How do we feel about it? <laughs> Um, I love curry. Do you think Tom Cruise likes it? Do you think Tom Cruise delivers Indian food to his <laughs> I would I would totally get some curry and then oh, Disneyland has a great coconut curry. At Disneyland the of all places. Festival? Uh no, it's actually one of their um Oh, just like all the time. Yeah, it's there all the time. I am what's oh. called a super taster, which is not as cool as it sounds. Um <laughs> so basically what that means is my taste buds are uh, either enlarged or farther up on the surface of my tongue. And that results in me uh, tasting things much, much, much more strongly. Which means I don't like Indian food. <laughs> you eat a lot of, <laughs> oh, so a lot of bland Yeah, I eat a lot of bland I, I like... I like... Um, I like Indian food. The spicier, the better. It's just... I don't know... I can't do a lot of Mexican spices because they upset my stomach. Mm. But it, it, they're good. I love them. Don't get me wrong. But I got to be careful. But Asian spices, I can just go ham and I have no problem yeah. with I them. I like naan. You mean like on your ham? You like spicy ham? I do like spicy ham. <laughs> I like naan. What's it's that? Nani business? <laughs> bread from <laughs> India. It's a flatbread. <laughs> I killed my sister. Sister side. Oh, cut that out. <laughs> um, I I have a bad habit of not knowing the names of food. So I was trying to tell Emily for years. I'm all there's this dish I ate in Korea and I ate it all the time. She's like, "What's it called?" I'm all, "I don't know. It's these little rice cakes and they have hot sauce on them." And she goes, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, I'm terrible at names. Well, naan is that bread that's basically well, a pita that you like dip into the stuff. 
Oh, that. Oh, yes. It's very like yeah. big and bubbly though, and I I think a lot of the time it's cooked like over an open flame. Um. Yeah, it's at least that's how they did it on um one of the baking shows I watched, which may have gotten it wrong for all I know. Especially if it was the British. I just show. know that oh, um when oh. <laughs> uh my last job ordered it for for dinner, I would just eat a bunch of naan. Makes sense. It's still free food. I'm not gonna like turn my nose down at it. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Bread. Yeah, just a bunch of bread. You're like I'm you're not gonna, not gonna eat, eat a bunch, bunch of bread. bread. Like that. Have, yeah. Right? It's, have it you seems had like bread? a non-issue. <laughs> it's good. We wouldn't have been eating it for the past five thousand years if a, it wasn't. It's a a non-issue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, like me. The, if I can see my life flash before my eyes, it's spicy enough. Nice. Which I'm told is very strange for a white person, but whatever. I would say it's very strange for a Southern California white person, that's for sure. Um, when I lived in Northern California, um, it was less strange. Um, yeah. I think the spices that we're more familiar that's with in weird. Southern California are just are Mexican spices, um, which I actually yeah. can handle mild versions of. Um, I don't know if that means they're less hot. It might just be that their content is different. Um, yeah, it, it's the types of spices and peppers and stuff that they use. It's just different. <laughs> On today's episode of white people discussing yeah. spicy food. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, mom thinks I'm strange. She's like, you have trouble with this, but you don't have trouble with that. And I keep trying to explain that it's different and she doesn't understand I don't make. The I mean, it's not the exact same pepper. I just eat the stuff. Yeah, those little black. I, peppers on the other are hand, crazy though. I uh, am half uh, Hispanic. My mother is Mexican, and I um, handle spicy stuff pretty well. And I'm quite partial to um, the spicy things of the Mexican persuasion. So, yeah, I definitely. Um, have a lot of memories of that side of my family that this episode and I I really am circling back on purpose here um but this this episode <laughs> does remind me of um a lot of those memories because the kitchen is definitely like the heart in seemingly both Mexican and Indian cultures like and probably many more cultures as well I'm even told, if it wasn't you know, Greek, the, even if very the, like, I, don't, I don't know enough about Indian culture to say it's the, the heart of their culture but it was the heart of this family yeah so the heart of the home this the heart of the family the yes yeah um and particularly in in the case of this episode where the family literally owns a restaurant um I think it was cool that that Ben just like jumped right into it that he was like so excited about it um yeah awesome but i also just think um the way that it wrapped up in the end too was um really sweet like uh from just a plot standpoint i think it was really cool how it subverted our expectations a little bit in that we're told at the beginning that his goal for the leap is to stop the fire from happening Mm -hmm. But then, you know, halfway through the episode, the fire happens. And he's like, oh, well, now I, is the leap completely fucked now? (laughs) And, 
we have that moment of being like, oh, he's failed. He's failed the leap. But then it turns out that, like, ultimately, it's not just about saving the It's not the physical the restaurant location. Like, it's the spirit of the restaurant yeah. and the family. Yeah. Um, but also just healing the relationship in the family. Like, healing the the damage that was left behind after the father of the family passed away. The family's falling apart. Yeah. And it wasn't just the restaurant gluing it together. It was... You know the relationship between the human people, and I, I liked how they wrapped that up. Especially, you know, in the beginning, you saw they had the issue with the mm-hmm. cousins and the mom's yeah. talking shit about them. You know, I we see this in a lot of families. Yeah, no matter the culture. Yeah. Um, you know, you always have that person you talk about, but at the very end, like you said, it wasn't just about the restaurant; it was the family, and it didn't just bring the mom and her daughters together yeah it also actually saved the mom's life we kind of forgot about that part (laughs) yeah well saved her life but it also seemed to bring in you know the family that they'd kind of distanced the whole family over the years yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. and just everybody just kind of rallying together be like well you know we can do this together we don't need mr food investor or whatever to come in who, what, yeah. what happened to him? He had yeah. food poisoning or something? He had food poisoning, yeah, because yeah, it was like, oh, ironically. Yeah. I think that also, so. interestingly enough, closes a potential bit like, okay, so they 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 say in the first show, or maybe it's something you've told me, a lot of the things they change don't have like huge like global repercussions but they're usually smaller ones yeah yeah they actually um i think that was in the season two opener where al actually mentioned that so um when he's trying to get funding continued for the project and the government's trying to shut him down and they're like well there's no global uh, changes going on here and he's like but he's changing this this and this and this and it's like he's changing lives of people and they're like well that's nice but what's that doing for yeah. the rest of the world that that's how the government that being at it. said right there could have been i mean i don't know what prevents those large repercussions um but the reason perhaps the fire had to happen like no matter what ben did perhaps the fire was going to happen is that the investor that's going to be a much larger repercussion, right? Entire businesses, business mm-hmm. models um, popping up from him getting that storefront. And if that doesn't, like, so the fire yeah. still happens, we can assume this guy still gets that spot like the week the week later or whatever. Right. Because him not getting that spot could have huge repercussions in the financial world and the food culture world, whatever he inspired would, would cease to be potentially so i think maybe i'm reading too much into it but i think there's a, a nice reason why the fire still happened well and well, i also think it it had to happen because mm-hmm. if it didn't would that landlord have ever gotten stopped i think they say that yeah, she probably. does get stopped eventually down the road it was like down, several years things, i think like, but she got stopped much yeah, earlier but i mean uh, it seems to have been this fire yeah. that caused her to get caught yeah so if it didn't happen, what would she? Have she even probably would have met justice. Um, still screwed over yeah. many people up until she the, the 
yeah. the people who were then screwed over were also no yeah. longer screwed over. Yeah. The fire is also super symbolic, uh, like how it relates to the family as well, because the restaurant was struggling so much after the father passed away because the mom was trying so intently to replicate what he did and keep running it the same exact way that he did, even though there's no possible way she could do that. They're down a whole person. So they had to burn it to the ground and completely start from scratch because their circumstances were were different. Yeah. Their dynamic was different. They had to start something completely new instead of continuing to try to run it the same way they always had. Like, there's just no way you can't do that. Sometimes all, all you can do is, like, end the chapter, start over and move on, and, you know, take from what you've learned from before, but then still, like, start anew. Yeah. And... The daughters understood that, but the mom was having a really hard time coming to terms with that. Yeah. So it really came down to just communicating, like getting through to the mom. And a lot of the time, you know, we know how difficult that can be to get through to parents and grandparents of a particular generation and when they're set in their ways and they think they know best. So, I mean, look at how long it took us just to get uh, grandma to get a Facebook. <laughs> I have a screenshot of my favorite Facebook moment with her where she completely burns um, our uncle. He he oh, no. um, he posted something on New Year's and he had like a, a sparkly um, like ribbon thing like in his hair. Yeah. <laughs> and Grandma just says, are you drunk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean it it took forever like she didn't want to she always had that little flip phone she didn't want an iphone even though we're like oh it'll make like all this stuff easier for you and when she finally came yeah. around to it she's like oh hey i kind of like this we're showing her games and everything but yeah like getting through to a certain generation even on the simple things well her she probably thought computers you know, still ran like dosh 3.0 like i can't run yeah. that <laughs> Uh, our grandfather used to work on uh, computers that used paper punch cards for programming. Um, so I yeah. remember that. We found yes. some of those punch cards. The University of Arizona, yeah. right? Something like that. I think so. Anyway, going off topic again. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, oh, I was going to say... I also like about this episode, I like to think that the landlord getting caught earlier means that the family got to keep that 30000 <laughs> yeah. Right? That would be amazing. They didn't it, but it seems like since this fire is the incident. Yeah, yeah it's kind of implied. She, uh, the landlord was probably arrested fairly early um, before, yeah. uh, before um, they had to pay, so... Yeah, because I mean, originally she was like, you know, the insurance isn't going to cover your thirty thousand. You still you owe me, insurance. but <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, no, she was not. She was not a good person. I hated her from the moment she. Well, when when she first came up, and they a attacked comedy. 
yes, sorry. I'm terrible with names. Um, when they attacked her, I was like, are they dealing with these, like, with loan sharks? Like, what? And when I found out she was the landlord, I'm like, wow, that is a shitty way yeah. to run business. Well, I mean, clearly but, the landlord know, is specifically exploiting a minority. Yeah. Well, you could tell she was racist yeah, just the way she, she talked. Yeah, she talked to, I don't remember who she was talking to, was an interviewer. And she says something like, yeah. oh, you try to be so, like, um, think the best of all these people, but these people that come from other countries. I don't remember exactly what she said, but it's just a very racist, yeah. very, very racist thing she said. So. so it's like you wanted to see yeah. her get taken down. I kind of wish we saw it instead of just heard about it. But, eh. Okay, yeah. Sarah, Sarah. So, um, yeah, that whole, like, everything about the episode being about family and then the next episode being about family is a, was a unique tie-in. I mean, even technically the, the episode, um, I don't remember any of their names now, um, but the trans girl... I don't uh Gia. Gia was about family, yeah. but it didn't really specifically relate to any of the team's family. But these past two episodes Vin Diesel <laughs> intensifies. Dom walks to the door. <laughs> family. <laughs> also not Here we're family. <laughs> when you're here, you're family. That's all garden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, are we Olive Garden now? Olive Garden, so not sponsored. It is a um is a missed marketing PR that Olive Garden has not gotten Vin Diesel to be a spokesperson for their restaurant. Right? <laughs> yes. I mean, I think their stock would they go They wouldn't even have up. to say the thing. Everyone would know. And they would get... <laughs> it it would just be shows like up. Memed like crazy. They would get so much free publicity because people talking about the commercial, even if they never bring up the family thing, and they don't have... What if it was just like a regular Olive Garden but commercial? It's just a... But yeah, he but walks just, in. No, it's just a normal Olive Garden commercial. And then like Vin Diesel comes like plowing through, like crashing <laughs> through the window. Like he drives through it a in, a, charger, in one of the probably, muzzle cars from Fast and the Furious. Right as the, the server's about to say like, welcome to Olive Garden. When you're here, <laughs> Vin Diesel comes bursting through and is like, his car is just like full of unlimited breadsticks. <laughs> I was actually thinking way more subtle. Like it's just, it's just a normal commercial. They have the, 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 the fake waiters serving a table and it's a bald guy, but at the end of the commercial, you just see the face, and it's just Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel doesn't say anything. He doesn't have any lines. He's just the guest eating. Yeah, that's that's good, too, but I would really enjoy a muscle car full of breadsticks. <laughs> uh, Olive Garden, hit us up. Oh, we oh have ideas. right when they say, <laughs> and, when you're and hearing your Vin family, Diesel. that's when the camera gets into an angle where you can see Vin Diesel's face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, either of our ideas, yeah. I would be pleased with either. But just piece. think, the internet would lose their like, minds. It would be so... There has to be breadsticks. Yeah. It would pay the money they would probably get back from everyone going to Olive Garden and the free PR would make getting Vin Diesel in the commercial worth their money. Exactly. 
Wow, we so cannot stay on. You know, I'm really glad yeah. that we basically stayed on topic the whole episode last week. Or not last week, but last episode. Yeah. It was an important last one time. to stay on topic. And I know we derailed a little bit, but man, not yeah. like this episode. But, but honestly, when we derailed, I, we derailed towards topics that were relevant. Yeah. To the issues. A lot presented. of food yeah. today. Yeah, a lot of well, for no, obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we all have yeah. our our passions for our different foods yeah. that we like. Yeah, we do. We are humans. Humans do historically like But I, I do think, yeah. It keeps I mean, us to alive. Live. It keeps yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have pretty much, I feel like, covered everything for for that episode. Like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I do, I do actually feel like we can yeah. scootaloo onto the, onto the next one. Boop, 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 boop. Shall we leap? Let's leap ahead. All right. Well, in the second episode, oh Do my wait, leap what? noises. I oh. was making leap noises. Oh, <laughs> uh, in our. <laughs> oh, that's. I was going. <laughs> like I was whooshing. Very, very uh, gravelly whoosh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, in the second episode today, Ben guy. finds himself in the name. Oh no! I read the wrong pun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we changed it at the last minute. I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. Um, I, or you can read them both. <laughs> okay. So how about, how about we have, I'll put a, we'll put a poll in the, in the episode. Which pun do they like better? We usually only have a question. We'll do a question and a poll. Um, sounds good to in me. In our second episode today, Ben finds himself in the Navy, but it's a far less, it's far less fun than the village people make a sound. And the one we actually settled on that I forgot to read, um, uh, in our second episode today, Ben submerges into the minefield that is Addison's family history. So vote in the poll. Which and which intro you liked better for the yeah. second episode? We're we're not cutting any of it. People joke, but yeah. we want to know. Yeah, yeah. we want to know what you think. Yeah, yeah I don't want to. I don't know if village people jokes still land. Do people still know what the village YMCA people are? is still played Let's... at every wedding? <laughs> and yeah. club. Uh, yeah, they might not know any of the other rep- repertoire, but. That doesn't mean they know they did a song about the, Navy. the Navy. That's true. <laughs> Maybe they might think they're one hit. Well, numbers. we'll see. But but you know what? Also, Quantum Leap fans. That's they, fair. They might they might still they might be of that generation. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, in this leap, uh, the date is May second, nineteen eighty nine. The location is the USS Montana battleship in the East China Sea. And the leapy is Commander Rossi. Rossi? Rossi. I think they said Rossi. I think it is Rossi. I think it's Rossi. Yeah. Uh, when Ben leaps onto a naval battleship during World, uh, during world <laughs> War Games. Let me, let me say that again. When Matthew Ben Parker. leaps onto a naval battleship during War Games in 1989, he must not only navigate a dangerous rescue mission, but also contend with his commanding officer, Alexander Augustine, otherwise known as Addison's father. You missed one yeah, word. Very exciting. More it's commanding officer. What? His XO, Alexander Augustine. Oh, I read that as like a like people. a kiss and hug situation. I was oh, I assumed I was like two what different is No, um in the military uh XO is the abbreviation for executive I think it's yeah, executive I think so. officer. I oh. only know that not yeah. because I'm in the military, well, but because but because I've played Mass Effect. <laughs> and every time you leave the ship <laughs> Um, XO Presley takes over the ship and they announce it on the intercom. Wow. I forgot oh. about that. 
I just remember that RXO when I was, I want to say Los Alamitos, it was a bit mm-hmm. of a smaller unit, so they, we were all in the same building. Mm-hmm. He was badass. That's good. So, <laughs> so what I think is pretty cool about this episode was that it was the, like, okay, the last couple of them have been pretty, like, plot heavy in terms of the story and the characters. And this one has that, but also it's going back to being an homage again to 90s television. Because, I don't know about you guys, but this was serving major Jag vibes for me. And I kept thinking the whole entire time I was watching it, like, man, everything from the editing to the cinematography, like, obviously the theming of, like, you know, like a military, you know, scenario. It was definitely reminding me of Jag, and I was like, is it just the aesthetic that's doing that for me? So I look it up, and that's another Belisario show. Yep. And And NCIS is a spinoff. Jag. I think I had seen yeah. that and, before. Um, also, Jag started out on NBC, right? Like, it started out on NBC before it got moved over. I want to say, um, yes. Yeah, original network NBC, only for the first season <laughs> before it moved over. But it was, yeah, Belisario show, similar to um, Quantum Leap. Can I derail so already? Sense. Yes. No! <laughs> I promise we'll talk about the episode. But we have an interesting story about Jag. Uh oh. <gasps> How are we going to be able to fit this in forty? This is a I long story. It. Okay, so I when I go it. to thrift stores, I like the thrift stores. I love old technology, like we have discussed on a couple of these episodes. I like to get old tech from thrift, thrift shops. Um, I don't collect like a bunch of everything, but I like to have a couple of everything. And I bought an answering machine that looks like it was from the late 80s. Uh, The answering machine still used cassette tapes, um, and the cassette tapes were in it. And so I purchased it and the tapes. Oh, no. And um, I shouldn't say the guy's name. I don't want, like, if this got out there, I don't want the family to get docs or anything. But it was a, um, a, a machine of a lawyer and even though the machine was from the 80s, it appeared as though, as though he used the machine well into the late 90s. Uh, I believe the date was 1999. As people were calling him, um, uh, so he was a lawyer, and they would say like the date. So we have a few of the dates. But um, it seems like he did, uh, I don't want to say charity cases, but he, he took on people that would have a hard time getting a lawyer. Like pro bono? I don't think it was pro bono, but I think he would do it like on the cheap. I'm I'm okay. only basing this off of what um what people who were calling him sounded like. They didn't have like good phone etiquette when calling a lawyer. Like they wouldn't always say their names or a case number or even the, the date yeah. of when they were calling. Um so it's like people that don't have experience with this sort of like phone etiquette. Okay. Um Anyway, we decide, oh, I like to archive everything, right? Like, if it's something that is unique, I archive it. So I... Yeah, yeah. I want to hear it. I, I, okay, well, I can... You're not no, summarizing I'm not. very I, well. I think I'm expanding even more. <laughs> I use the same equipment I use to stream to record audio, if it's audio. And I clean it up. I usually save an original copy and a clean copy that's easier to listen to. And um, I just archive it because that's someone's history. Um, we found out 
uh, who it belonged to. We we know his name. Uh, we researched him. We found out, like, we found his bar uh, information because you can do that with lawyers. Uh, we found his Facebook and found he had passed somewhat recently. It, it wasn't even just that he had passed recently. It was the weekend was of his service. He was a practicing lawyer in an area that is very close to where we Literally, live. it's like you can take the street we live on, drive to the um, east, and you'll get to the city. But then the area where we... Um, the service. ...found... Where, where the service was happening was in the same area where we found the t- it wasn't in the same area we found the tape right it was the same area where we were on the day that we found it. I, I can't remember the, the coincidence was crazy where it turned out like his memorial service was somewhere where we were actually physically that day and didn't know it yet and oh, wow. Yeah, but we were listening to all of his old answering machine messages. And anyway, the reason why this is relevant is because one of his messages on the answering machine. like the last quarter of it. One that had a date. Toward the end. And it was uh, like June something, um, 1999. And it wasn't a lawyer. It wasn't a legal call. It was a friend. And he goes, hey... Um, guy's name. Well, I could say his first name. Hey, Bill. This is, I don't remember the friend's name. But man, did you see that episode of Jag last night? It was a good one. <laughs> well, it said, make sure to watch Jag tonight on channel two. It's, it's supposed, supposed to be a, to good, be a one. good one. Yeah. Keep in mind what we've told you, what we recently found out about Bill. Um, I, I, had, I had to go watch this away. episode. I had never seen Jag before. Um, I, Looked up what season it would have been for that year. Would have been season four. I'm actually kind of getting emotional. That weekend, we found Jag season four at Goodwill. The episode, the last episode of that season aired May 25th, May 25th 1999, which would have been the most recent episode before that call. Do you want to know what the name of that episode is? Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. So we were convinced. I mean, and if you go onto Facebook and uh, not everyone, but but you, Christina, go onto our Facebook and search for um, Bill Ghost. Don't say his name on her. Bill oh, Ghost. Okay. I'm not chill out. <laughs> Search Bill Ghost, and you'll see my post about it, where I detail the whole story. Um, because I I was like, wow, I'm never gonna forget this. Because as we were listening to the messages, we were slowly coming to the realization that I think this is a dead guy, and I think that we are unleashing his ghost like Necronomicon <laughs> style by listening oh to all of his messages. <laughs> Like, Bill is with us. We are releasing Bill right now. And then, like, upon looking it up and finding out that, like, he had passed very recently, like, we in an area very near the to us. The answer machine was the day of the funeral service. That's insane. Yes. So, I, I, yeah. I, this has nothing to do with what we're That's talking about. That's what it in this was. Episode, but 
when you mentioned Jag, this story was too serendipitous to not to like. First off, this guy has to live close enough to us his whole life for this event to like basically. Well, no, he only has to live close to us when he passed away, but he has to have had an answer machine where his friend called him and talked about this specific episode of Jag in 1999. Then that had to be shortly before he never used the answering machine again because the message was never erased. And then he had to keep the answering machine for 24 years until he passed away. And what we found was his um, niece is who he was living with at some point donated it to actually it wasn't a goodwill it was a sabers um on whatever week we decided to go and i had to purchase it and it had to be that episode of jag and all like all of this coming together is insane it's episode 85 uh season four yeah. episode 24 the first episode of jag i've so ever the, watched. The- <laughs> The weird coincidence, and that is honestly why Jag was kind of fresh-ish in my mind. Like, if we hadn't watched that episode of Jag in the last, what it's like, been, it was that October. was after we moved, right? So it was, you know, less than a year ago. Like four or five months. Um, yeah, when when this happened, and we went back and watched that episode of Jag. So the, the aesthetic and vibe of Jag is like sort of fresh-ish, fresh-ish in my mind as I'm watching this episode. But yeah, that that was um, that was what the coincidence was was because even though uh, Bill <laughs> lived and passed away in an area nearby where we lived, obviously it's not that much of a coincidence that we found, uh, you know, his stuff yeah. was donated in that yeah. same general area. But the fact that we didn't listen to those messages that day, we listened to those messages the next day, and so that day. After we had thrifted, we then went to another city and continued thrifting in another city that's not particularly nearby, like a little ways away. (laughs) And then the next day came home, listened to the messages, discovered Bill upon investigation and found out when and where his services was were. His uh, memorial service was taking place the day before. So the day that we found the tape, the day previously, and it took place in that city, not the one we live in, but the one that we were yeah. traveling in, that that was, it, this would sound a lot less obscure if I could actually name yeah. the cities for you, but like, <laughs> <laughs> we were in city A, found the tape, listened to the tape the next day, went to city B that first day, and then found out that his memorial service was happening right down the street from us before we even knew it. Like, wow. very cool. Yeah, Bill Bill is, like, my ghost homeboy. Like, I am certain that, like, Bill is my Bill is my pal. Okay. Like, I feel really good about Bill. Bill uh, sounds... And he loves Jag. No, Bill sounds like a uh, grandpa who held on everything. to everything. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. And, like, separately after recording, we'll tell you, like, all about, like, there, there was much more to this. Like... I know we said we were going to summarize about this, and, and technically we kind of have because there's so much more <laughs> regarding the Bill story. This was a saga that month. We were like, we oh were, my God. oh, that was that was a crazy time. I was, yeah, we got like, m- my mom was like so invested. She's like, did you learn anything new about Bill today? Like, 
<laughs> but uh, wow. above all else, he was a Jag <laughs> fan. And the fact that his buddy had to call and tell him, like, hey, don't forget to watch Jag on Channel 2 tonight. Oh it's gosh. supposed to be a good one. It's, but, um, so, yeah, I was definitely, I was also thinking of Bill today as we were watching this episode because I was like, oh, it reminds me of Jag. <laughs> oh, oh, this is Bill's episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, he was probably a quantum leap Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, very likely. He likes that Belisario style. <laughs> totally. Um, love Brandon Routh in this episode. Andrew didn't believe me at first that that's who he was because he looked so young. Like, Brandon Routh looks amazing. For I mean, he's 42. That's not old. But, like, he doesn't yeah, um, look... It's not old at all. But, but I thought he was, when like, you in consider his that he doesn't look saw him on screen. Yeah, the fact that he he looks, like, really similar to how he looked when he played Sup- Superman, which was in, like, 2006. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow, that was a long-ass time ago. Yeah, and I recognized him right away. I was like, oh, my God, that's Brandon Rowe. And he he killed it in this episode. I thought he did such a good job. Um, I love him. He's really cool. I thought he was an excellent Superman as well. Like, obviously, I'm a big Henry Cavill fan, but, like... Brandon Ralph was a really good Superman and like a very, very good follow up to Christopher Reeve. And so, um, I don't know, it made me happy to see this, to see Superman. Yeah, he did a very good job. (laughs) Superman Returns was supposed to take place in the same universe as Superman 1 and 2. It was supposed to be like, forget about Superman 3 and everything. This takes place instead. Um, So he was supposed to be the Christopher Reeve's Superman. And he did a very good job. Now portraying him, I think. Yeah, really good. But I, I also think he was just really well cast in this episode because I think he does. Um, I totally see similarities in the brow area <laughs> of him and Addison, like very yeah. similar sort of expressions, and like I totally bought him as Addison's dad. That was really cool. I and that's a that was a big thing. Um, well, my you guys had the Jag thing going i was sitting here going they were talking about their war games and everything i'm like i did that in korea (laughs) so you had real life connections i'm like i had that nostalgia um but just we don't know a lot about addison and her dad or her parents in general We'll call him Dadison. Dadison. um we do know that she has issues with him and here we kind of see why she says that he left them um but we also see that she's got this image of her father in her head and then everything she's seeing happen it's kind of flipping everything she thought it's the end upside down it's it's the exact opposite of what she just said yeah it's like everything she believed is she she's finding out is not really true. Yeah. And honestly, I picked up on it. I mean, to be fair, when I see that the actor playing this man is Superman, I immediately go like, oh, he did not do the bad thing everyone <laughs> thinks he did. He is, he is a hero. This man did nothing wrong. He is a Boy Scout. So I was like waiting for that reveal. Um, Sorry about that. I dropped my keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) But then uh, 
you know, as more unfurled, you know, I, I picked up pretty quick on the fact that like, okay, this, this, uh, commander above him is clearly doesn't have. Well, yeah. Together. As soon as he says, and uh, looks like feeling. women are good for two things, you know, okay. something scummy about him. <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was the eighties. These, I can see them saying stuff like that in the eighties still, but especially an older guy. But yeah. still, the fact that they included that in, you're like, mm, I'm suspicious of this man, and uh, I'm supposed to believe that Superman is the one making the mistake here? No, no, no. It's like, no, it's this crusty old guy. Yeah, definitely. I will say my only um, real uh, issue with this episode is, realistically, I have a hard time believing somebody like the captain, who I can't remember the name of, wouldn't just back down in that final moment where he backed down. He felt uh, cornered, um, mutinied. Everyone was standing against him. Typically, when people feel those things, they don't, especially people in power and command, don't typically go belly up. They dig their feet into the ground and fight their stance even harder. It's a human instinct. Mm -hmm. So I have a hard time just feeling like, oh, why would he just back down all of a sudden? Well, he's also incredibly outnumbered. But yeah. And then you've got to look at it, too. I mean, in Star Trek, the the newer movies. I was thinking of, I know Spock exactly what wasn't, you're talking about. I was thinking of the same moment. Yeah, Spock wasn't going to back down. Yeah. But, I mean, in that last moment, he realized, you know, oh, shit. Yeah, you know what? I'm not in my right mind. I can't. He's a Vulcan, yeah. half a Vulcan, who tends to also think with logic more than emotion. So it makes sense for him. True. True. Um, yeah, but my, my only guess would be, you know, he knows he's outnumbered. He knows if he tries anything, they're going to shut him down. I will say that even though kind of the first interaction we get with him is, you know, sexist, kind of scummy sort of interaction... They did then spend a good portion of the episode illustrating that he's actually a positive influence. So I do think yeah. it kind of evens out there. I mean, we're not meant to see him as a, a bad guy. He wasn't a bad guy. He's not right. a villain. Um, yeah. He almost single-handedly started World War III. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, wasn't his intention. His intention was to defend his man himself and his country. Yeah. Um, but he did it hastily without thinking about the ramifications of all of his actions. Yeah. So anyway, that I, not that I'm like looking for anything specific when I was, when I was talking about this, just that it didn't seem super viable to me that that's how that would have went down. But you bring up a good point mm -hmm. about how, you know, he is outnumbered. He's a smart person. Uh, he can't win a fight against an entire crew of sh of, <laughs> of uh, Navy yeah. personnel. I mean, I was in the Army, never served on a ship. I have no clue how mutiny works. Never been a part of mutiny. <laughs> That's just my uneducated guess. My experience of mutiny is um, Treasure Island with um, Tim Curry, the Muppets Treasure Island. <laughs> that's my experience with mutiny. 
this was very different from that. Yeah. Yeah. That also, by the way, happens in regular Treasure Island, too. I know. It's just did the best adaptation. I don't, don't think I've ever seen yeah. a regular well, version of Treasure Island. It happened in Obviously, Treasure Planet, I've seen too. Muppets yeah, Treasure Island and Treasure Planet. <laughs> yeah. It's a good story for, for wacky adaptations. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, it is. I saw a funny post that was like, um, what are two movies that you would cast as, or no, what's a movie you would cast as Muppet movies? And who's the one actor you would have? I mean, Muppet movies don't always typically have just one person, but that was the point of this post. Yeah, but if you could remake any movie and then have it all Muppets except for one And actor. they said um, The Martian with Matt Damon. You think it's just a regular movie until he's rescued. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, oh, what was the other one? It was another Matt Damon movie. No, I thought the other one was Evil Dead. Well, no, this. Like, it's, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Bruce Campbell, like Bruce Campbell, but then just like. But this one was specifically about. They were both Matt Damon movies. Um, is it um, Saving Private Ryan? And you think it's a mutt movie until they oh. save, until they save Matt Damon and he's a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were those. It's like I would do that, except Saving Private Ryan. You think is just Muppets until you find Matt Damon. Then The Martian. You think is just a movie until he finds. The other until he contacts home and there's actually Muppets. I thought it was funny. Anyway, smaller detail adaptations Muppets. I really hope I'm still hoping. I think I've mentioned it in previous episodes, but I really hope Ben leaps into a puppeteer. <laughs> <laughs> that would <laughs> or, be amazing. Yeah, or like a children's show host or something, so that they like there are homi- puppets. O- homage to Future Boy. Yeah, um, that would be great. Like also, that. side side note, this leap, May 2nd, 1989, is exactly one year before I would be one day old. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's the day after my birthday, the year before I was born. <laughs> it is 364 days before because my birthday. everything's about you. <laughs> I, I was not. Listen, six. You, <laughs> you derailed forever about our I'm ghost story. I can... <laughs> <laughs> But it's fine. I'm always happy to talk yeah. about Bill. Bill's my dude. Yeah. I was really into Ghostbusters back then. Mm-hmm. I nothing's still changed. Are. Yeah. Yeah. I was <laughs> recently telling changed. Sydney that we had a Ghostbusters RP. Oh, I think we talked we about it on the show. Because I um I yeah, played because of magic. Um Winston Zedmore, aka Ernie Hudson. <laughs> that was my character in the roleplay. It was digital, no one could yeah. see me. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was like, mm. It was a text role play. Yeah, it was, it was all text-based. Was it like on Instant Messenger? No. Christina found like, a, um, a place a... that was for this kind of stuff. Yeah, oh. it was like a, like a, a, um, like almost a, chat like a bulletin board. Oh. Yeah. So, and then one, one of the one of the people that joined us did all the... Mm-hmm. graphics and everything it was kind of cool it was fun That's it lasted fun. for yeah. a few months i enjoyed it i would have been slimer <laughs> <laughs> you're about as messy as them i i eat things i barf on you i fly through you and leave you goopy whoa <laughs> look i know we're not a children's show but geez <laughs> this is still my sister we're talking to <laughs> i eat all your food <laughs> 
Oh my god. Sorry. I could have that could have been worse. Like <laughs> honestly, like I could have picked the the ghost that sucks Dan Aykroyd's dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And like, do you know how long it took me to realize that's what was happening? <laughs> That my should be a like, Cards Against Humanity card, by the way. Why is my, that shit? Ghost that sucks off Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> That's a great Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. <laughs> my parents let me watch this when I was four. You I mean you don't see it happening? <laughs> You're like, oh, he's just getting tickled. Don't worry about it. You just the ghost is tickling his feet. And that movie was only PG. Um, yeah. Well, I don't think PG thirteen because PG thirteen was invented for Temple of Doom. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring that up, but you guys got there before me. <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to deliver the main. Well, yeah, you took it from me. I had to steal it back. <laughs> it's already in my brain. I was like, I'm gonna bring this up. This is why your parents let you watch it. Blah blah blah. blah. And then you guys just said it. <sighs> why can't you read my mind and know I wanted to? Well, and Addison was only two. Addison was <laughs> only two. So. She oh my god, she's younger than me. Ghostbusters. She's older than me. I would have been babysitting yeah. her. Yeah. Oh my god, I feel old now. I mean, logically, yes, I I know all these actors are younger than me, but yeah, it still hurts yeah. a little bit. I will say. Um, I really liked the editing of this episode in particular. Um, not just in the like the stuff that felt like Jag, but I really liked how for certain plot points we would see both teams working out the same information like at the same yes. time and how it was editing like back and forth between uh, Ben and Addison's conversations about it to Jen and Magic talking about it and Ian. Um, I thought that was really well done. I don't know. I feel like the... Um, this episode felt really fast-paced, but again, I feel like that was a huge chunk of the homage to this sort of genre of 90s yeah. television. Not to mention the was, um, clandestine meeting with a, a different foreign dignitary at the docks at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting here wondering, how the heck... I mean, I could understand magic knowing um, Korean officers german officers i mean we're vietnamese in those countries since that is yeah, the war vietnamese he, officers physically seen him in. well that's the war he was in yeah but i mean you know he probably did some travel after as well with the military so he's probably met a lot of people but like we he's got to be pretty high up there to know someone from china i mean i can think we can assume he is seen as he's in charge of oh, a yeah. time travel program do we have a rank for him uh, do we know real quick they probably said but um, i forget no. yeah i would assume he'd be like at the top he's an admiral when okay. he discovered his name he, he be oh yeah that's right when he talked about discovering so he was an admiral when he discovered quantum leap he could be even higher by oh, okay now. well admiral is oh, nice. okay. i mean there's Different levels of admiral, like it's like in the army, you have your your general is the highest, but there's like different levels of general. Got it. Four star general. I don't I don't general. know. Ex 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of like that, but I don't know what they call them. Oh, that's but, right. Because I mean, they're Admiral admirals, Addison but, is above yeah. you as Commander Shepard in Mass Effect. I thought you were going to say Admiral Ackbar. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. um, Admiral Anderson. And Admiral Akbar is apparently in charge is, of the entire is, Republic fleet. Is in charge of the yeah. Republic Who answers only to Mon Mothma. <laughs> and he knows when everything's a trap. He does. Yes, he does. Um, but yeah, so he was an admiral. Side note, so wait. yeah, he's he's pretty high up there. And I think, like I said, we could assume that yeah. if he's in charge of a program that could literally potentially rewrite history and the government knows he's in charge of it, he's got to be a very important person to whatever branch yeah. or just... Um, Even as a civilian contractor, he'd have to be yeah. up there for them to put him in that yeah. position. So. I think it's possible he would know people. Um, I was but, just, I was trying to think of I mean, the likelihood of a. I don't I don't know what they call their important military people in China, but a Chinese general or admiral, or whatever, becoming of a CEO. Yeah, I don't. I don't know of a company who is then based in California. <laughs> well, that happens. Um. I know I had a buddy in Korea. I mean, he was a sergeant because I only hung out with enlisted people. Um, but that's like... In the Korean military, you have to serve like so many years and you become a sergeant and then you, know, you can just well, stay or you can get out when, once your term's over. But he was planning on going over, over to America after. That, I get it. But that's South Korea... This is closer to someone from North Korea coming to the United States to be a CEO. But not exactly. We're not like but, that strained with China as compared to North Korea, but we do have strained relationships with China. But also, we don't turn away immigrants if they're Chinese. If someone wants to come over to China, I mean, and obviously he doesn't. If someone's come over to mean. China, if someone's come over to the U.S., yeah, obviously he doesn't have anything big going against him. To where America's like, oh no, this guy's a risk. So, I mean, and that's from any country. If you pose a risk, they're not going to let you in. So, I, I I can see him not having a problem immigrating. Maybe, or maybe it's like um, when we brought over all those Germans to run the space program. Even though we were strained with them at the time, too. Yeah. But, you know, you never know. I'm not saying we're, you know, springing over Nazis no. willy-nilly. But I'm just saying we can have strained relations with the country, but still not have a problem with people immigrating from that country. Um, a derailment callback, though, um, is it's surprising how many people who basically outed themselves as Nazis in Arnold's comment section... <laughs> Of the video I was talking about yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, in the video, <laughs> I, I commented something to the effect of, um, I've heard Hitler called a lot of things, evil, bad, you know, horrendous, all the words that you would obviously associate with, with, uh, with Hitler. But in the video, 
Arnold called him a loser. And that was simultaneously <laughs> hilarious, but like powerful. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It means you're not yeah. even worth my time. So I, I yeah. laughed at it and I commented on it. And somebody commented back to me like, wow, Hitler was a powerful man. You, If you can't admit that, you're not even a real man yourself. I was like, wow, way to come out oh. as a Nazi, my friend. Wow. <laughs> powerful doesn't necessarily mean yeah. good, sir. You can be powerful, but you can still be he was, a loser. He was, basically, he was like talking also, about how great he was and how he rose to the ranks as yeah. a, from, a, from a poor no. farm boy to a top military general. And he did things in weeks that... Uh, World War One Germany couldn't do in years. I was like, "Wow, dude." Okay, which would have been great if he used all that yeah. for good, but he didn't. So, so <laughs> let's yeah, he, let's not give him credit. Well, also, like he ended up ultimately losing yeah. is the thing. Like, yeah, at the yeah. end of the day, the power was lost, and he ended up. That's only because he didn't you know. have enough oil. Yeah, okay, well, it still happened. He still lost. He lost. He's a loser. Hitler's a loser. <laughs> I need that on my car. Yeah. That bumper sticker. Yeah, good bumper sticker. Honk if you think Hitler's a loser. Hitler's a loser. <laughs> and then just put uh, uh, hyphen Gov Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Derailments, man. That's amazing. Yeah. And at least we're aware we're doing it. But yeah. Yeah. But I mean, going back to that. If Hitler tried to immigrate to the United States, they would have said hell no. I think yeah, no. I think there's a, a few more extraneous circumstances with Hitler than some Chinese <laughs> general, though. So, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. I just imagine him, like, trying to get in with, like, one of those fake, like, glasses and mustache. But no, they already have coming the Hitler's on them. Exactly. I know. <laughs> It's actually a, a Harpo Marx stash, but still. It's just slightly bigger than Hitler's. Oh, oh my God. Right? That's the right name? Is that what I'm thinking of? Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx. Groucho. Yeah. Harpo was the one with no mustache. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but Hitler wearing one of those and just like coming in like, I am just American human man, Jackie Daytona. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I am not the leader of Germany. I am not a Hi- I am not Hitler. Genius Hitler. No way. Not me. I am not a loser. I'm just American salt of the earth, Jackie Daytona. He wasn't no, even was German awesome. either. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, wow. Shout out to anybody who watches what we do in the shadows. That's what that was. Oh yeah, Jackie Daytona. That's Laszlo's alter ego. <laughs> But also, <laughs> there was another Matt Berry reference because now I'm thinking of in the IT crowd when he almost goes to hell and then Hitler pops out and he's like, "Was that Hitler? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that looked just like Hitler." <laughs> oh, okay, all right. We watch a uh-huh. lot of media. <laughs> a lot. Oh boy, how much of this episode did we actually talk about? About fifty percent of it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a lot, the rest I think we were making fun of Hitler. <laughs> I, I guess loser. that's valid. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know who's not a loser, though, is freaking Addison. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Her, like, Before we move on, oh. I actually had something else I wanted sorry. to say about the magic thing. 
with uh, the Chinese dignitary. Oh, yeah. Well, not dignitary, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. general, or we don't know his rank. Right? Yeah. I don't remember it. it uh, yeah, I don't remember it what his actual rank says was. says a lot. Well, he's a CEO now anyway. He's not even in the military. Yeah. Uh, it actually says a lot that this guy was willingly open open to willingly speak about these clandestine things to magic knowing how high he is in the government that says yeah. a lot to magic's relationship um with i mean we've seen it time and time again with the team right but we're also seeing it outside yeah. of that. it speaks volumes to to who he is um cuz that's um yeah. that's basically dangerous information to to give to the United States government as someone who was in the Chinese government yeah. now living in the United States. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the thing. Did he did he emigrate because he just wanted to come to America or did escape. he escape? You I mean, you don't I I don't in the the 80s and 90s like the last half of the 80s, you know, there was still the Cold War going on. So I'm not 100% sure what was going on over there. I was only nine. Yeah, I don't know. I know but, that we um, have a strained relationship with China, and it goes back a long time, but I don't know all the yeah. reasons why. And kind of what the point of this episode was is that there is a lot of things that happen in the military between wars that are not wars that we never mm-hmm. hear about. Well, and, and that's, yeah, that's the thing is like, China set up these mines. I, I don't know how historically yeah, accurate that is, but probably made up. in the show, yeah, um, China set up these mines to show that America's doing shit they're not supposed to do, which we know America does shit they're not supposed to do. They're like, oh, here's the rules. We need to follow them, and then America will turn around and go on their stupid secret spy missions and just basically shit all over the rules that everybody agreed to play by. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying that that part is pretty accurate, no matter how historically accurate this particular situation was. Mm-hmm. But every country yeah, does it. Chinese did begin deploying so. naval mines in 1989. Interesting. Well, there you go. Well, and if America was taunting them, and I, I would do it yeah, too. Yeah, I mean... I don't want to get more political than saying Trump's an asshole idiot. Um, but <laughs> if Chinese was putting mines in their water that was agreed upon by NATO or the United Nations or whoever did that, that's totally in their right. That's all I want to say about that. Right. Right. Like, it's, if it's considered their waters and we shouldn't be there, we shouldn't then be the there. mines are fine are these waters yours or mine this land was made for you and me i don't believe that anymore mine. <laughs> mine. Either. um but yeah and the cold war it was just like the height of that shit people were i mean that's what spawned the entire space race was we wanted to beat the russians it, it's like all i mean we did gain a lot from it. Technology-wise, yeah. Yeah. But, like, that's all you heard was, we gotta beat the Russians. We gotta beat the Russians. Even in the 80s, you know, um, 
we were always told Japan was going to take over because they were more technologically advanced and Russia was going to invade us. And then that's how we got all these, uh, what was the movie? Red mm-hmm. Dawn? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that? Hunt for Red October. I mean, the, the internet yeah. is a United States well, government started protocol. TCPIP yeah. was developed in the uh, civilian Silicon Valley startup shit. But uh, networking, um, the beginnings of consumer networking started in the U.S. government. Uh, I assume that other countries did have versions of networking. Um, but Probably. the one that we use is the one that started here in the United States government. They're also responsible for the deep web, which leads to the dark web. Yeah. You should stay out of that. Yeah, yeah, don't go in there. Crazy shit. Not just because it's full of illegal stuff, but it's also full of predators. And if you don't know what you're doing, they'll know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. accessing something on the deep web is exposing yourself to identity theft and worse. Yes. No, thank you. Where? Yeah. What was that? I said, no, no thank, thank you. you. Okay, so I'm sorry for cutting you no, off, Sydney, you. but you were going to say something about Addison being a badass or Addison. I was like, oh, wait. Uh, just that I thought it was really nice how she like had that moment of realizing that her dad was better than she thought and that she like loved him. And I liked the, I really liked the end scene where she was um, telling him everything that she wanted him to hear, even though she knew he couldn't hear her. But then he did. But then there was sort of an indication that he still was getting the message somehow like it could be because they're related they're brain waves and as they (laughs) yeah well yeah um i mean because they have used the the genetic thing before so maybe he didn't like hear her like an assassin's creed thing (laughs) no um well, like Sam was able to leap further back because he was related to the person he leapt into. Oh, so he, re- he just le- leapt out of his lifespan. Yeah, yeah, so I'm thinking maybe he didn't physically hear her, but he felt it. Well, they yeah. also, in the um, in the uh, Christmas Carol episode of the original series, the Scrooge character could see Al just because they had similar brainwaves as Sam. So there's, yeah. there's there's a whole bunch of reasons why someone could almost or straight up actually see the hologram and interact with yeah. them. Yeah. Also, I think just episode after episode is really indicating that Ben, if he were not a physicist, he would have been like a family therapist, like a family counselor. Because <laughs> that seems to be where he excels. <laughs> Being the glue. Like, yeah, knowing you know ex- it really does. Yeah, exactly what to say to patch up, like, family relationships and, like, get people to communicate effectively. He's yeah. definitely, like, he's like a little family therapist. And I feel like magic would be a really good one, too. But I, I get the feeling that, like, Ben learned a lot of what he knows from magic as well. But that's also, like... Yeah, like we were kind of hinting at, like most of these characters have that sort of quality, because Sam also had that, mm-hmm. and we're seeing hints of that in all of the main party. Um, but you know, obviously Ben is the most exemplary version of it. 
So yeah, he would he would be you would make bank as a as like a licensed therapist or like a family I think counselor. So. Well, I I like how as soon as he found out when Addison said that that you know that's my father, he's just like, look, if he needs to sit this one out, yeah, I get it. <laughs> you, you, yeah, like he wasn't even gonna be like, hey, you gotta toughen up and deal with this. Yeah, you know that would be something Addison. Well, might honestly, say. and not not well, harshly, that's something not, that her dad like, would say in a crude way, but just uh, yeah, but do your know. job sort of way. This is why we're here, sort of way. Yeah. Yeah, but I yeah, think well, that's the- why she loves Ben so much. He's nothing like her dad. Well, yeah. in the sense of like what she thought her dad was like before this episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, her dad seems like a good guy. Yeah, but he was also military. Yeah, military parents. Yeah, happen to be kind of hard and strict. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, the idea the she had of her dad before lived through things. Yeah. yeah exactly. War things. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> but it had yeah. a nice, satisfying ending. And then, of course, finally, dun dun. Yeah. We get. I screamed. I yeah. want to go back we to the Leaper first episode X. with Martinez. Hernandez. Which one is it? Oh, dang it. Why do I always forget? Her- it's one of those two names. Why don't you just call him Leaper X like a normal person? <laughs> well, Leaper I want to go back X. to the first episode we see Leaper X. Martinez. Martinez. Oh, I was right the first time. And um, I want to see if he looked as old as he did in this episode. Uh, that's the I first like, thing I noticed was yeah, the gray like, hair. He, looks, he definitely older. looks older. But well, then, then they, they showed us a picture of him. Well, they also mentioned yeah, it like yeah. in the past, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so has Leaper yeah. X's motivations changed now that he is older? Or is it still the same motivations, but this one specific leap? They had combined goals. Well, and he says something. What he says about, like, I'm going to win or you're not going to beat me. It's almost like they well, want to yeah, do the it, same thing. He just wants to be the one to do it. Yeah. Yeah, but it was just weird how he's like, he acknowledged that he needed Ben to do whatever he did. Yeah. You know, with he couldn't the have math done it on his own. thingy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all the math thingy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. That was the first thing I noticed was the gray hair, and then just kind of the weird, kind of convoluted message he gave. Like he thinks Ben knows what's yeah, going I, on completely and totally. He do, do you think I that's think what Martina it is? Doesn't understand that Ben's kind of in the dark. Yeah, but then who well, knows okay. exactly what's going on? Is it future Ian? Does but does Martinez is he Swiss cheesed at all? Maybe. Like, is someone feeding him the information and he's just yeah, yeah that was something we said telling that he him might this? not know what he's doing. He's just following orders in a way that he's been manipulated to think he's doing something. So is he like like what he's telling him is he being is he scripted? Yeah. Because if Ben didn't understand what he was doing when he first leaped in, how did this guy how did this guy know what he was doing? How does he know his mission? Again, maybe it's in the future and they've worked out how to prevent Swiss cheese. Or he had been leaping for so much longer already the first time he met him. That's true, too. Um, what, another thing I noticed, uh, you know how we've always talked about what happens when they leap out? Yeah, <laughs> guy. we got to see it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like... How the, like 
like um, that one episode where Rumpelstiltskin takes the memory potion and Once Upon a Time, and then he's like in his vault, and he's like, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, we've never really got to see that moment before. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have in the original. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, it was a little bit different. And magic flashbacks, too. Yeah. As well. And his, like, talking about it. Yeah. He's described that moment. I also took note of, like, how um, after Leaper X jumps out of that guy and then Ben jumps out of his guy right away, I'm like, those two are about to become best friends <laughs> because they're both experiencing something very specific that only yeah. they will understand. <laughs> like, what? And they're going to so, be hailed as heroes of the day and not neither one of them are going to know why. Yeah. They're going to be like, what are you talking about? I didn't do this shit. So they will have, they yeah. will have a traumatic connection. So wait, what if they get some kind of like metal where like, it's a huge ceremony and like all these higher ups are there and they have no clue. And the, I hope to God they don't have to yeah. get a speech. How did you do it? Tell us. You know, I don't know. It was a very stressful time. I think I've repressed the memories. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I will tell no, you. I don't think I will. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. going back to um, Latinez. It's it's interesting to see if his motivations have changed. He's or he Maybe just doesn't they, know. They're not. Or yeah, or oh, oh no, I'm sorry. I Maybe. um motivations has changed or if they actually have the exact same goal as Sam but feel like they need to be the ones to do it for whatever reason. With the wind or coming. Maybe Martinez has been stuck in this leap because he couldn't figure out how to get out and he needed Ben to fix it. And maybe that's all he needed him for. What if... So he could go... What if they're using the same algorithm and Martinez is trying to get through his leaps as fast as possible to get... Maybe they're trying to leap into the same person. The end point. Maybe. I'm, I'm going to win meaning it's a race. He's trying to get to the leap mm -hmm. at the end of Ben's destination first. And what if his intention the is to do something? The opposite Ben's intention should be. Yeah. Because I can't see them having yeah. the same I was just trying intent. to debug what win means. By the way, like, yeah. for the listeners, I didn't have time to process this before we recorded. We recorded and immediately started recording. I mean, we watched it and immediately started recording. <laughs> Um, so we, this we is me debugging and it live, coming up with like the wind comment threw me off, thinking they might have the same motivations. But then, no, I think it's the second thing. They are trying to get to a leapy first. They're using the same trajectory that they pointed out that Ian discovered on the map, the swirl through time, to get to a specific person in a specific point of time. And they're trying to get there before Ben does. And who is pulling the strings for Martinez? But, yeah, that. But also, if that's the case, 
A, he could have left at any point still. Because the spiral, I assume, could start from any point in time. Which means he, the Martinez in the present day maybe doesn't leap for another five years. Yeah. Maybe he leaps the day Ian comes back to tell Ben. But that puts a nail, not a nail, a wrench in the thing I said earlier where maybe he's been leaping for a lot longer. So it must just be that his hologram or whoever's helping him, they might not have the same protocols. It might not be a hologram. It might be a team or... They might not have they anything. might not have anything. But then how would he know? So he has to have some way to know. Perhaps... Yeah. Wherever he leapt from has fixed the issue of coming home. That doesn't make sense because if they could easily direct exactly where they wanted to go to come home then he wouldn't need a trajectory he could just go to the desired point in time at the end of the spiral so he must have someone who has filled him in while he's leaping to to help his swiss cheese brain but if that's the case yeah they could be feeding him anything he could not be a bad actor oh yeah have fully believed it before he left or he could have been lied to yeah exactly or he could simply be a soldier following orders. Yeah, I mean, I think that falls under the same lines. Like, even if he's just a soldier following orders, he is following orders that he's been given. But if he was, like, out to destroy lives, I can't imagine soldiers were, would willingly do that unless they were given some sort of lie to make it justifiable. Yeah. But is he destroying lives? Because we, we just know. saw him assist in saving but lives. But that's just to get the Because... Poten- potentially. Yeah, that's true. Potentially. But then he would have to be doing this for every leap. To get through the leap. And what was he doing... In the Mexican town? In the Mexican town? Oh, you mean the cowboy town? Oh, yeah. Sorry, it was it was the Mexican family, but they were just in Old West cowboy town. Or were they native? No, they, they oh, were they were Mexican. Because authentic cowboys are not correct. white. At least a majority of them. Yeah, um, majority of them. I mean, there there are a few out there, but So what I'm saying is if he has to go on the spiral, to get to the destination, he had to be in that leap for a reason. Because if he wasn't, that implies that they can choose where to go at will. Which means why have a trajectory? Why not just go to where he wants to go? So yeah. if he was in that and leap, had- who was he? Like, what was he doing there? That whole episode. Yeah, if his yeah, if his whole goal is to sabotage Ben, wouldn't that be what he'd have to do in the leap? But at the same time, he doesn't want to cause World War Three, maybe. Well, yeah, that's well, but depending on your motivations too. Well, World War Three would kind of end up. But for did he try but... to sabotage Ben in the Cowboy Town? I no, I don't even think he, he... was just there. I never questioned why he was yeah. there because, in a way, I had kind of assumed that wherever he's leaping from, they kind of just chose to leap there and just scare him yeah what is he doing this is the first time i thought of why is he even in that town because before it was always to talk to ben 
but clearly he's doing other things. And if he has to win the race, the spiral, to get to the destination, then he had to be in that town. Maybe whatever he was doing got circumvented by Ben, but then why would he leap if he failed? Which means the parameters of his leaping is probably the same as Ben's. He has to assist someone in some specific thing. Whether that's what he wants or not. But if it's the same goal, is he just letting Ben do the work? Maybe. Or... But then how can he get to the place first? In, In... With the evil leapers, their goal was to mess things up. But see, that that still goes back to if his goal is, if his protocol to leap is to mess things up and Ben circumvents that, then how is he leaping out if he's failed his mission? Clearly they have different technology or it's more complicated than we thought. Like what he's doing, I mean. Um, And... He's not there to sabotage. He's only there to get to the destination first. Because they have a different goal for whatever that final destination is. Yeah, so we're definitely going to need to see more of Martinez and what the hell he is up to. Oh, we're down to the last four episodes of season one. Is it really that that already? We have 18, right? Oh my god, you're right. So, we're, we're two episodes back from the break. There's four more left. So it'll be interesting to see. I assume at, from this point, we'll probably get more sprinkles of whatever this main plot is about. Um, mm-hmm. as, they, as they close out the season. Um... I guess my only worry from a show running perspective is that they stalled too much on a lot of these episodes we've seen where there's almost not much plot and then we're going to suddenly get like too much plot and it'll feel rushed um, or we're closer to the end than we like we're closer to all the answers than we realize because we don't know the goal yet. So Yeah, I mean the the answer might be just like one more thing and everything's yeah. going to make sense. Yeah. Or they could make a two-hour episode. Just throwing nice. it out there. You know what I like about TV shows more than movies? I mean, I, I love movies. I'm not saying I like TV, spoilers, TV shows more than movies, but an aspect of TV shows I like more than movies is the sheer amount of content you can get, even with one season. Yeah. Um, so the, the Jim Henson creation... Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, we only get one season, but we got 10 hours. Versus the movie, which everything was based off of, is only not even a two-hour movie. Yeah. So by getting the TV show... You just brought up the Dark Crystal. We got five times more content, even though it was only one season. It was pretty cool to, to be able to basically dive in. You get a bigger introspection of the characters um well the 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 new characters because it's a prequel to the to the well, i'm just talking about tv it, shows in general yeah because yeah, you have all that extra time when they're planned out in this manner 
Um, you get like deeper looks into the characters and motivations. You get more drawn out character development, which can feel more impactful when done correctly. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. there's also there's a, a thing I like to call family matters unit, where a TV show kind of loses what it's about. Uh, family matters was simple comedy. I loved Family Matters. Oh, that was one of my favorites. When I was but a kid. in the last couple seasons, they are like in parallel dimensions and time traveling. I'm just like, what is this show about? <laughs> I, I I think when when they started introducing Stefan, yes, I'm like, okay, this yeah. is getting ridiculous. I I liked just. Like you said, the simple family sitcom. It it was fun. The characters were relatable. Um, they were lovable. And then all of a sudden, it is wild. Yeah. It was such a hard turn, too. It wasn't gradual. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it that's wasn't. That's what I call Family Matters Unit. I use it for any show that kind of loses what it's doing and just fizzles out a weird death because no one cared anymore. Um. Yeah, I'm not saying that this what this show is doing. I don't know. I don't remember what started this brain process, but um, oh, just 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 TV shows, shows that in general don't have a clear, concise plan. That's what it was. Family Matters didn't have a clear, concise yeah. plan, and so they wound up in a weird place. And well, they also they also deleted an entire yeah. child and acted like she never the existed. Too. The mom changed. Like I want to say in the last season or maybe even before that but you know Carl is also in Die Hard and canonically that's the same character to me Carl Winslow is the cop from Die Hard that's my canon my head canon If if you're saying that then you're saying Perfect Strangers I don't know if you remember that one with Balky from Meepos Family Matters is a spinoff of that show. Any episode where Carl Winslow is a cop <laughs> is the exact same Carl Winslow. So Turner and Hooch. Is, that, is he in that one? Carl Winslow. He was yeah, typecast yeah. as a cop for so many things. He was in Ghostbusters yes, right. too. Carl Winslow. As a cop. <laughs> there is the Carl Winslow metaverse. And if it doesn't exist, I need to make it exist now. Honestly... Carl Winslow was one of the best TV dads. Oh, absolutely. I, I just loved him. How did we get back? To I don't this? remember. <laughs> like we went all the way to loop. Okay, I don't see anything for a yeah. Carl Winslow metaverse. I'm gonna have to think this thing up and put it out to the world. Yep, yeah, you need a website. Carl Winslow Complete. Complete yes. with graphics. <laughs> is Carl Winslow God? Maybe. <laughs> Actually, if you watch Lucifer, he's the Allstate man. <laughs> I saw that when I got to that point, I was like, have I been duped into watching an Allstate commercial for the past five years? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Carl Winslow, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. I, I cannot think of the actor's real name at this point. I, 
I'm I'm awful with names. But he's in the progressive commercials nice. now. Yeah. So as Carl Winslow. Reginald. Oh Last yeah, name yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's right. Reginald. That's a powerful name. Yeah, it is. He had to play a cop. I only know him from Die Hard. Oh, Family Matters was the best. Is that the one with Urkel? Yeah, Jaleel West. He's spectacular. Not just as Urkel, but just himself. He does a lot. He was, um, I mean, it's a bit part, but he was in um, one of my favorite TV shows, Psych. Um, He sang with... uh, yeah, he was good on that. With uh, the main character, Sean Spencer, uh, James Rodriguez Rode, um, and Dooley Hill, and um, Keenan. <laughs> right? That was the last guy? Yeah, Keenan was in the first time. That oh, yeah, but he wasn't in the second one. Not in the second one. Yeah, Keenan, Jaleel White, Dooley Hill, and then uh, uh, James uh, Rodriguez Rode. He used to just be James Rode because he looks white. And he presented as white. But as he became basically successful enough to not try to have to present white, he took his original, his actual last name back. So he's James Rodriguez. But he still does put Rode on the end sometimes. Just thought, in case you didn't know why I was calling him that. (laughs) No, I I remember reading that his, you know, he was a Rodriguez. And I was like, I was like, why doesn't he use his name? But, you know. He He apparently had a hard time when he was younger. And just kept it until he felt appropriate. Yeah. Which is probably more power to you. Which, good. Well, I good guess also, you know, he name. was pressured early in his career to... By an agent, probably. Yeah, to, you know, buy the I imagine industry. Rode will probably drop off. Of course, maybe not, because that also will then make it hard to connect his past projects. But people, people have done it, and they've done it successfully. I'm also yeah. just I'm yeah, glad like, that him and Dooley Hill will basically come back and do Psych at any point. <laughs> yeah. There's three yeah. movies now at this point. I think they filmed at least one of them up uh, where they filmed Once Upon a I Time. I think the whole show's filmed up there. Yeah. Is it? I know it was filmed in BC. I didn't know if it was oh, that specific Oh, I don't know if it's town. the exact same town. But there was one where they filmed in like that specific town. They only town. went to Santa Barbara if they specifically had to use a landmark from Santa Barbara and they the aerial yeah. shots were Santa Barbara. But yeah, everything was was because it's cheaper to film in Canada. Yeah. What were we talking about? Julia White. He's he's cool. Yes. But maybe we should get to our question. You know, now that we're talking about family matters and both these shows are about family. Do we have a question? I've been struggling to think of one for the past 20 minutes while we kind of get towards the end, and I couldn't think of one. If you went to Olive Garden with Vin Diesel, where would he sit at your table? <laughs> They're round tables. How many breadsticks would you let him eat? Does it matter? Because they're unlimited. Well, we're there. We're family. They are unlimited, so I think Dom gets to take them all. Are we? Is he Dom in this instant, or is he Vin Diesel? He's Vin Diesel. So Vin Diesel gets That's as many movie. as he wants. He's a yes. big, strong person. He probably needs the carbs. 
got to burn them, right? That's what you do? You burn carbs to get muscle? Or is it, I don't know. I don't know no. how... <laughs> Protein is for building muscle. You burn carbs yeah. for energy. Okay. No. But, so yeah. if you want to go on like a 10-mile run, load up on carbs. Not immediately before, though. Because then you're yeah. going to not want to do that. <laughs> you're going to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I... How about we pose it this way? If you have a question... Tweet us. Yeah. yeah. We'll answer on the next uh, episode. Listen, we gave you two episodes in one right now. So a like, lot of derails. It's yeah. one in the morning. There's a lot of content. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, thanks for hanging out with yeah, us. And you. you talk to us for once. Like, give us, give us. I mean, not for once. I just mean, you know. You ask us some stuff. Mix yeah. it up. Hey, how about if we get like a few questions, we make a Q&A episode. That would be fun. Yeah. As we uh, are all aware, we could definitely pad it, even if it's only like two or three questions, because we can just keep talking about nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we can turn around, just say Hitler's a loser and tell you a ghost Like a half an hour. (laughs) Yeah. It'll either be about a ghost we actually encountered via a message machine or the one who sucked down a A lot of callbacks in this episode. Our conversation just keeps making loops. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess for a plug, I want to say go watch Arnold's video about letting go of hate. It's on his YouTube channel. Um, Hi. Arnold also has his own subreddit on Reddit called r slash Gov Schwarzenegger. The dude, the dude knows how to use the internet, that's for sure. He knows how to meme. <laughs> for a guy his age, that yeah. is impressive. Um, he does have a pet goat. He does. It's very oh, cute. I love yeah. goats. And a pony. I think. I love ponies. Too. Maybe it's just a goat. I can't remember. Um... I would say um, it's a little bit early, but um, maybe Sydney should plug her friend's movie since we talked about Vin Diesel and family so much this week. <laughs> yeah, uh, the director of Fast X, Fast and Furious, the newest one, um, he's a friend of my uh, other podcast at the, at the Dark Crystal, um, as he was the director of the entire Dark Crystal Age of Resistance series on Netflix. And he's just a really cool guy. A gigantic Frenchman with a heart bigger than France itself. And is just a total sweetheart. And I'm very, very excited for him to be, um, you know, doing something that's such a massive project that everybody is going to go see because these movies are wildly successful no matter how you feel about them you can't deny that they have a huge following <laughs> and that there's 47 of them now and well i guess 10 well I guess no because they're spin and they don't have the main yeah. numbers so yeah um yeah, and it, it will too. be the first fast and the furious movie that i intend to go and see in theaters and i'm yeah. um i hope that it does super well and i would also like to take this opportunity to plug olive garden because um you're there, your we family. We talked about them a lot, and yeah, <laughs> I hope that in Fast X they go. <laughs> no, there's nine movies we haven't seen. For all we know, there is an Olive Garden in the background of one. Some like yeah, um, some uh, CG yeah. artist working on the big sets uh, uh, digitally, probably 
And on that oh, note, Garden. Olive Garden gets an unfair bad rap just because their food is not authentic Italian doesn't mean it's not still good. Like, they just need a little rebrand. Like, they should just become Fast and the Furious themed restaurant and, like, not try to pretend to be actually Italian because, you know, it's just like Taco Bell. Like, Taco Bell's not authentic Mexican, yeah. but you're still going to go there when you feel like eating Taco Bell. So, like, you know, just something to think Correct. about. <laughs> I mean, in, in Indiana, though, uh, Taco Bell was voted. I think it was Indiana. It was one of the I states. It was voted the best Mexican food in the state. <laughs> oh, boy. Any, honestly, <laughs> any I state I could believe that from. I'm all that. That's a bunch of. There is no I state near any Hispanic area. I'll have to find the meme, but it was like a big billboard. Boy, that's that's great. That's wonderful. That is hilarious and sad all at once. All right. You also never said the guy's name, though. What guy? Louis Leterrier. I did too. I said, did I not say Louis Leterrier at the beginning? No, you said it's your friend. Oh wow. Louis Leterrier, <laughs> we love you. He's a, he's a good dude. We're going to go Louis see... Leterrier. I said he was a giant Frenchman. You could have Googled yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Who directed Fast X and Dark Crystal? Louis Leterrier. He also directed Now You See Me, um, Clash of the Titans. He also directed the Incredible Hulk movie with Edward Norton, which I greatly enjoyed. Transporter? Um, or am I just confusing And the Transporter. No, he did direct um, the Transporter. Anyway, um, um, it'll be the first Fast and Furious movie we see. Yeah. Nice. That's sad about that. Any plugs for you, Christina? Um, no, I have a tournament coming up, so all my anxiety is focused there. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. So, I've got absolutely nothing else going on right now. I'm at Disneyland a lot of the time working, so if you are in the Southern California area... And you go to Disneyland, you might see me hanging out with characters. So, like, look for me if you're at Disneyland or California Adventure, because I'm a both. Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening this week. I know we're a week late, and that's why you got two episodes in one. Uh, But we are striving our best to try to stay on track. Um, So we'll catch you after the next episode. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Bye.